Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. All right, let me ask you a question as we jump into this, this wrapping up this Walking Dead series with this fourth message. When was the last time you did something both exhilarating and terrifying at the same time? Somebody's like, well, it was this morning. I was driving in, and uh, my wife was driving, so that was both exhilarating and terrifying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. A few years ago, I, I've actually had many, many experiences like this. Some were, were uh, ranked higher on that terrifying and exhilarating scale. The mission trip was, was uh, initially terrifying and exhilarating. And, but I would say the, the one that ranks highest for me in my life of the experiences that I've had was skydiving, okay? And, and let me tell you, skydiving is, uh, is one of those things. Now, in my mind, I probably did this like 15 years ago. Skydiving, um, knowing who I am and who I was then, I can't tell you in particular that, that I was in the right frame of mind in order to do this, okay? Uh, I, I'm not saying that I was drunk. I wasn't doing anything like that. I wasn't taking any drugs or anything. I just, I don't recall really enjoying heights. Like, I liked roller coasters, but you know that little click, 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 click. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are starting, the palms are sweating right now. You're like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. That height with the no railings and stuff just scares me. To be up really high and to look down just makes me dizzy. So I can't tell you that I enjoyed heights, and that's the reason that I went skydiving. I mean, I enjoyed planes, but, but I like to travel. I like to go to interesting places and meet interesting people, and flights are the easiest way to get there. But I'm still that guy that when I'm walking down the gangway, as you're walking down the gangway and you're getting ready to step onto the plane, and just let me know if you identify with this, there's this little rubber bumper on the edge of the gangway. So you just laugh. She just laughed. You know what I'm talking about. There's this little rubber bumper that is flexible. So like when it actually butts up against the plane, it doesn't damage it. I stand in line and I watch in terror as people are walking onto the plane and they step on that as they go to walk in the plane. And I'm like, dear God, do you not realize that your life, you could die right there because if you stepped on that wrong, you're, you're just going down and you're going to get stuck in between the plane. Like that's how scared of heights I am. I don't like looking down when I step across that. And yet, I, I went skydiving. And jumping out of the plane was the opposite direction of my comfort zone, I would tell you. And I think this is often where we find that Jesus takes us as we read his teachings to places that are outside of our comfort zones. And so when I went skydiving, um, there's a few things that, that you need to know that may have seemed dangerous on the front end. And a little uncomfortable that I probably should have recognized and maybe bailed on the whole thing. But I, I had considered skydiving before, but the cost was a little prohibitive. It was like $150 to go skydiving. I was like, this is not really a sport that I'm going to get into because I know my nature. I know that I would get addicted to it and want to do it over and over again. $150 a pop is, that's a little expensive. I'd have to get like a real job or something, you know. I mean, this was years ago. And... Uh, <laughs> Let's do that. And uh, so the way I went skydiving was it was actually gifted to me. 
And the way that some of you may have found this uncomfortable is that it was actually given to me by an ex-girlfriend <laughs> on a relationship that didn't really end well. So I'm not even sure what to think about that. Was she hoping something bad would happen? I'm not really sure. But she won it in a radio contest and said, I'm never going to do this. I'm like, well, why did you play the contest? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So she gifts it to me, and I go skydiving. And then when I get there, I was a much younger man. I was, I was about 220 pounds. And I'm standing there, and I get up in my jumpsuit, and I'm standing there waiting to go skydiving. And when you go skydiving for the first time, they don't just let you jump out of the plane with a parachute. Who knew? I didn't. They, they actually do what's called tandem. Somebody gets to be strapped to your back, and they're, they're the ones with the parachute on it, and you're, you're connected to them in like 20 different ways so that you guys, you know, ride or die together, right? <laughs> so, so I'm standing there, and there's these two people over here. One of them's got a clipboard, so you know they're important because that's what clipboards do. They identify that this person is important, right? They're a boss of some sort. And they're talking, not quietly, about the, I'm 220 pounds, and they didn't really have people on staff that day that were the right weight to balance me out. In other words, they're worried about the full amount of weight between the two people as you skydive, okay? And they were like, well, you know, they're just talking back and forth, and then they pointed to this guy over here and said, he said, but he says he'll, he's okay and he'll do it. And I'm like, guys, I'm right here. I can hear you. The danger is like growing in my heart about what's getting ready to happen. And the, and the guy that they pointed to, he was sitting down and he stood up and he kind of pulled his hair back into a little ponytail, swished it around, and he said, I can do it. I'm petrified at this point. And I said, the first thing that came to my anxious and worried mind, I said, well, I was actually hoping that I would be strapped to a tall blonde today. <laughs> and he said, that's funny. He said, you don't even know my sexual preference. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up. So what he really said to me. So we go through the process of getting strapped in, and all these things were all before the real dangerous part. All of them. And following Jesus can be like this. We, we think that some things are uncomfy. Some things like coming to church or, 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 or coming to church for the first time or maybe praying out loud with somebody or, or maybe praying with your small group. And really, that's just relatively safe kind of stuff, right? Or... Or we, we think, you know, talking to God for the first time, even in the privacy of our home or our car or in the shower, we, we think this is uncomfortable. Or even trying to read the Bible can be a little uncomfortable for you. It, it's a little outside of our comfort zone. But all of those things are actually not the dangerous parts of following Jesus. They may be uncomfortable, but not dangerous. But I think following Jesus will lead you to controversial places. They'll lead you to a place where, you know, maybe you're in school and you're the only kid who's not cheating on a test. And everybody kind of ribs you and makes fun of you because you're not doing it. Or maybe you're standing there with a group of guys and a scantily clad woman comes walking by and you're the only guy diverting your eyes because you value the relationship with your wife. And they make fun of you because of it. Or maybe, 
Maybe it's, it's you feel led to sell some of your worldly possessions to give something to someone who doesn't, doesn't have because they're going without. You look, I, I don't know what it looks like for you, but I know that living for Jesus can be dangerous. And when I was on this flight, I'm going to tell you that as we got strapped in, the whole time we're, we're taking off, there's just a, like a little prop plane, not like a full-on, you know, 747. We're sitting on like a bench, a center bench, and this guy keeps pulling me closer and strapping me in. And you know what? I felt pretty comfortable with this. I didn't mind at this moment that we were that close and that tightly knit together because I felt safe at that moment. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> but I wasn't worried about jumping from the plane. I wasn't. I was like, I watched, one of my buddies went with me, and I watched, you know, as he got to go before me. Woo, he was out. Everything looked fine. And so when he tapped me on the shoulder and said, we're up, I said, cool. And so I scooted towards the door, and we're moving together like as one unit, you know, just scooting down this bench. And so I, I leaned out. I got over the, the portal, and there was a bar running across here. And I reached up, and I grabbed that bar. And I'm holding on to it. And I'm leaning over the, out over the portal, and I'm ready for him to say, okay, on the count of three, we're going to rock. That's not what this guy says, no. <laughs> he says, okay. He said, the straps you've got coming across your chest, he said, I want you to let go of the bar and grab onto the straps. And I said, well, then what will I hold on to? He said, nothing. You're just going to hold on to these right here. And so I said, I don't want to do that. He said, then we don't jump. I said, okay, I'll do that. So I, I grab like this, and the next thing I know, I'm leaning out. And I, there's nothing holding me there except this dude that's strapped to my back. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I don't think I want to do this. And we were gone. <laughs> I had found the edge of my comfort zone. It was out hanging over this portal. But I have to tell you that as soon as I jumped, it was the most exhilarating experience ever floating among the clouds where it was nothing but white. And then in a flash of a second, poof, the whole world opens up in front of you. And this beautiful tapestry known as this farmland that's just down below me is just there. And it's, it's breathtaking, partially because it's freezing and I'm scared and, you know. <laughs> it's just an amazing experience. And I remember that as, as we were falling, the guy says to me, this is the dangerous part. You know, he's going to let me pull the, pull the chute, which is, which is amazing. I, 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 was, I was excited. I had a little trouble pulling it. Couldn't get it open at first. He said, yank on it as hard as you can. I'm like, I don't want to break this thing and I don't want to die. I don't want to pull the, pull the latch that releases me from him, you know. And then he's like, hey, see you later, you know, as I'm falling to the earth. We finally get the chute open, and, and it, was just, it was just gracefully falling. And then he says, all right, listen. He says, you're going to need to pull your legs up. The straps that are up underneath your rear end, you need to pull your leg up and pull that strap down underneath your knees on both sides. And I tried, but I was shaking like a leaf. I was scared. I didn't know what I was putting my hands on. Again, I didn't want to fall. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I don't want to do none of that. And I said, I, I can't. I can't do it. He said, if you don't do it, when we hit the ground, you're going to break your legs. I said, I'll do it. Hang on. <laughs> and we landed, and nobody broke their legs, and I was okay. 
Again, this is just, just this amazing experience. There's some things in life that you can't just kind of do. You can't kind of get married. You can't kind of have a baby. And you can't kind of go skydiving. You have to go all in. Every part of it. For every bit that you don't like, if you're going to go skydiving, you got to do it. Right? Got to go all in. And it's the same with following Jesus. You have to go all in. Because as you're following Jesus, you're going to find that he's going to address every single area of your life. He's going to address your thought life. He's going to address your sexuality. He's going to address how you manage your time, your treasure, and your talents. He is going to address your relationships. Every part of your life, he will address. And you will have to either go all in with Jesus or you will have to go home. You can't stand by watching and talking about following Jesus. You got to go all in or go home. Just jump. And so skydiving and so many aspects of that adventure were way outside of my comfort zone. But it was so worth it. And following Jesus will be the same. We can't halfway do it. And some of us only want parts of Jesus. We want only the parts that make us comfortable. We want to tell the big story, but we don't want any of the risk, right? We want to stay right there in our comfort zones and follow Jesus. But that is just not possible. We don't want to do the things that he asks us to do that requires something of us. We don't want to be uncomfortable. But it's when we embrace all of Jesus that we find the greatest blessing. We find this real life, this full and fulfilled life that Jesus promises us. So let me kind of brief you on what we've been doing in this series. That was just my opening statements. Man, this is going to be a long service. It's not, I promise. What we've been doing in this series, The Walking Dead, is we've been examining something we've been calling the dead life. In The Walking Dead, they found, this, this TV show that's really popular, they found that when someone dies, they resurrect and become something new. And the parallels between this show and what's happening to the people and Christianity are incredible. Because the Bible describes us when we follow Jesus as a death. There is a death. We die to ourselves. And when we follow Jesus or accept him as Lord of our lives, we are born again. That's specifically what it's called. We are born again. We are new creatures. We have new attitudes. We have new desires. There's a new way of living for us as a result of following Jesus, just like as in this show. In fact, Paul describes it this way. He says, for you died to this life. In Colossians 3, 3, he says, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Our overarching theme for this entire series has been where you end is where you'll find Jesus begins. And so what we've been doing is looking at different ways to come to the end of ourselves because the death that the Bible is speaking about is not a physical death. It is finding ways to kill ourselves. In other words, to come to the end of ourselves, to live this dead life, to be the walking dead. And so we've been looking at it through the lens of the Sermon on the Mount because as Paul said, our real life is hidden with Christ. In other words, it's hidden from us. It's not in plain view. It's actually hidden in the backwards teaching of Jesus because let's be honest, if you look at some of Jesus' teaching, you're just kind of like, really, that doesn't seem like it would work. It seems a little contradictory. It seems a little, uh, it seems a little counterintuitive when you look at it. When he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, you know, we learn how to come to the end of our rope by saying, all right, Poor in spirit means I say I'm bankrupt, I need your help. Or, or we, we looked at uh, blessed are you when you mourn, when you come to the end of your dreams, when you grieve over your sin and your loss because 
That's where God's blessing is found or Blessed are you when you come to the end of your performance, when you step out of the spotlight, when you are the pure in heart, with no more costumes, no more rehearsed or recited lines, and no more pretending. And so this week, we're going to look at how we come to the end of our comfort zones with Jesus. And when we come to the end of our comfort zones, we find that there's a completely different set of values that we aren't comfortable with. And it's scary and dangerous, this whole following Jesus thing. And for many of us, we're going to find that, that right outside of our comfort zone, this being our comfort zone, right outside of it is where we are going to find God's blessing. And unfortunately, though, I think that many of us will never actually experience God's blessing because we, we want to hang out in our comfort zone and have Jesus, and it's just not possible. It's just not possible. And so today we're going to finish up this series with the last look at this beatitude from the Sermon on the Mount. Where Jesus said this, he said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This does not sound like a blessed life to me. I don't know about you, but I never enjoyed being picked on at school. I still don't enjoy, enjoy being picked on today and made fun of. I just don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I don't like persecution. How many of you here would say, I really totally enjoy persecution? Oh, there's no one. Right? Because you and I define a blessed life very, very different. But Jesus says, blessed are you when you are living in such a way that you are so far out of your comfort zone that you make other people uncomfortable. If you're taking notes, that would have been a good one. Blessed are you when you run the risk of being insulted, lied about, hated on, because of how close you follow him. Jesus def defines this blessed life way different. Because see, you and I, we, we wouldn't say blessed are those who are persecuted or blessed are those who are uncomfortable. We would say blessed are you who are comfortable? Like, we, we use comfort as a measure of our level of blessing, don't we? The more, the more comfortable I am, the more blessed I am. If you think about it, our entire economy is based on comfort. We are, the, every advertisement that we see, the majority of them, when they advertise their product to us, it is based on how much easier and better and more comfortable it would make our lives. Think about this. You see the new minivan that you want, and the reason that you're so excited about it is it has like eight cup holders in it, and you're like, glory, eight cup holders. <laughs> or the airline that you want to fly just announced that they have four more inches of leg room in coach. Yes. For us tall people, that's a big deal. Or recently, have you seen these? There is a lazy boy chair, which, by the way, if I just stopped right there, I'm already sold. Lazy boy chair sounds amazing. There's a lazy boy chair that has a refrigerator built into the arm. You just flip that sucker open and your drinks are right there. Has anybody seen these? It's fantastic. Like if they could just make that chair also double as a toilet, I would never have to leave. <laughs> that's the comfort life. <laughs> and that's how we define a blessed life. The more relaxed, the more comfortable we are, the more blessed we are. But you know that too much comfort can actually be a dangerous thing? 
too much comfort can actually be a dangerous thing. I don't know if you uh, have ever watched a baby bird hatch or not. But uh, we, we have, we've, for years, I don't know how long they've been around, but we have this place here in Columbus called Kosai. And uh, Kosai always had this area called a kid's space. And back when I was young, they had actual, actual chickens. I haven't been in kid's space in years, so I don't know if they still have it. But, 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 but they had chickens, and, and they had eggs. So I see some heads shaking. So, yeah, so I'm not thinking of the wrong place. This is the right place, right? They had live, they had little eggs there. And they were underneath a warmer, an incubator, and there would be times if you hung out there long enough or if you got there on the right day that these little things would be hatching and you'd have tons of kids beating on the glass trying to look at them and, and all you want to do is you watch these little baby birds hatch is because, man, it takes like an inordinate amount of time for a chicken to hatch out of an egg. It's like forever because they start pushing and you'll see the little cracks start forming. And what they're doing is they're already in a tight space and they're trying to wiggle out to break free. And all you want to do is because either you're impatient or you want to help, whichever one you are, just own it. You want to reach down and you want to break open the shell and you want to help the baby bird get free because you want to see it. You want to go, oh, because nobody's on at the chick that's struggling to get out of the egg, right? Nobody is. Everybody wants to see it. Let's see it. The boys are like, I'll bet it's covered in snot and stuff. And the girls are like, oh, it's a baby chicken. <laughs> but do you, are you aware that if you were to help that chicken, if you were to help the baby bird, if you were to crack it open and relieve it of its struggle, that that baby bird would die? See, that baby bird needs the struggle that it goes through to strengthen itself for life. Oh, think about that. See, we want to be absent from challenges. We want to be absent from struggles. We want to be absent from anything that makes us uncomfortable. Yet we don't realize that the struggles we go through, the things that make us uncomfortable, especially when we choose to step outside of our comfort zone, are the very things that strengthen us and build us for life. This is the blessing Jesus is talking about. On the other side of this, you will come out with a blessing. It doesn't always look like what we want. We want blessings to go cha-ching. That's what we want a blessing to look like, right? So we can get us a boat or we can get us a nicer car or a bigger house or Chipotle every day of the week for every meal of the week. This is what we want. This is what I want. <laughs> but Jesus makes it clear that a blessed life is not the easy life. It's not always going to be first class on the airplane. It's not always going to be being waited on at a five-star restaurant. It's not always going to be sleeping on a memory foam uh, uh, mattress. It's not always going to be regular massages. It's not always going to be eating Chipotle every day. Actually, that last one's not true. It is a blessed life every day. <laughs> but a blessed life is living outside of the comfort zone where people will lie about you, where people will make fun of you and persecute you, where people are uncomfortable with how far outside of the, your comfort zone that you are. When we look through the Bible, we see all kinds of people that were willing to step outside of their comfort zone. And what's amazing to me, time and time again, was not only were they blessed, but a massive amount of people around them were blessed because they took a step outside of their comfort zone. See, it's not just about you. It's about what God's plan is for you and how you make a difference in the lives of other people. Somebody should be writing this stuff down. I'm preaching good today. I'm just telling you. I can feel it. I'm blessing myself. I'm going to go home and listen to this later on. Just say, yes. I'm a, 
Well, I'm going to wave around a hanky or something. I'm all right. Just all leave me alone. I'm going to set myself on fire and burn. I'm okay. Look at Noah. Noah was called to do something a little bit uncomfortable. He was called to build a boat nowhere near water. And he said it's going to rain. It had never rained before. And the people ridiculed him and laughed at him, made a mockery of him. For over a hundred years, he's building this boat. And yet Noah was blessed. And not only was Noah blessed, was his life spared, but an entire population of the earth was blessed because of Noah's obedience, because of his willingness to step outside of his comfort zone. Look at Moses. Moses is a fugitive running from Egypt. He's a murderer. And he's hiding on the backside of a mountain, tending his father-in-law's sheep. And God calls him and says, I need you to go set my people free back in Egypt. He says, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm kind of a murderer. Well, a big deal back there. And uh, that'd be a little uncomfortable for me. Plus, I've been out here in the wilderness for over 40 years. And I don't really speak well. That was Moses. He says, I, I don't... Uh, this is a little uncomfortable for me. You want me to stand in the grand court of the Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. You want me to do that? I don't like that. And yet, he stepped outside of his comfort zone. And not only was Moses blessed, an entire nation of Israel was blessed. Look at Queen Esther. Queen Esther was a Jew in a foreign land. She found favor and was made queen. People were threatened, eradication. And Esther was called upon to go before the king. And if she had gone before the king without an invitation, she could have died. And Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And she went before the king and found blessing. She stepped outside of her comfort zone. It could have meant death. She found favor. And not only was she blessed, but an entire nation, again, was blessed. Look at the disciples. Let's go to the New Testament for a second. The disciples were called away from professions that they had spent their lives working on, businesses that were possibly thriving. And Jesus called them away. They left family. They left friends. They left comfort behind. When Jesus said, follow me, they said yes. And they responded. And not only were they blessed as a result, not only did they walk with the Messiah, with Jesus our Lord, but an entire world has been turned upside down because of their testimony. Stepping out of your comfort zone, it's not just about you. On the other side of their comfort zone was blessing that they never would have experienced had they not left it. So if you're here with me today, if you're tracking with me and you're like, all right, Aaron, I understand. I need to be challenged. I need to step outside of my comfort zone. But, but what does that look like for me? What, 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 where is that? How do I know where my comfort zone ends? Well, I, I think it's different for every, everyone. Many of you coming to a church that you've never been to before, if you're a guest here today, that was stepping outside of your comfort zone. That took courage to come here today. And let me tell you, I don't think that you're here by accident. I think that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I think today it was being here. Others of you, where does your comfort zone end? Well, I'll tell you where you can kind of 
tell where it ends in your life is when you begin to feel this little thing called fear. When, 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 when Jesus asks you to do something and you begin to feel fear around that thing, fear of loss, fear of what it'll cost you, you begin to feel that fear creep up on you. That, that's where your boundary is. That's where your comfort zone is. Because it will take courage for you to step outside and step past that. It will take courage for you to be obedient to God. So here's a question that I want you to consider, and I'm going to put it up on the screen. When was the last time that following Jesus produced fear in me? Ask yourself that question. When was the last time that following Jesus produced fear in me? Because I think, the, I think there's something wrong if we are following Jesus and fear is never a factor and courage is never called upon to act. I think we're missing it. Jesus always does this to us. He always takes us to a place, to the edge of our comfort zone and says, now step across that line. He calls us out of it. We don't want to go. We want to stay in our comfort zone. We want to call ourselves Christ followers. When we say, Jesus, I'll be there in a little bit. I'm not ready. I'll catch up with you. You go on. I'll be there. Tell everybody I said hi when you get there. We're going to hang out in our comfort zones. I'm going to say it like this, and some of you are going to wonder, if I'm being endorsed by them, and I'm not. But I, I, I genuinely love Chipotle. I think it's obvious by now. I think, I think you'd almost say that I preach the gospel of Chipotle a little bit. Um, I love to go there. I, I love to eat there. I love to take people there. I love to schedule business meetings there. I love to support them because they support me, if you know what I mean, with delicious food. I like finding people that have never been to Chipotle, and this is the look on my face. You've never been to Chipotle? We're going there right now. But it's like 2 o'clock. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I just had lunch a little bit ago, too. Let's go. <laughs> I want to take them. When's the next opportunity that I can take you to Chipotle? You've got to try this. It's the most amazing stuff. I'm a huge fan. Seriously, you can ask my wife. I do this. I get excited about Chipotle because that's how much I enjoy it. But you and I, let me just shift gears for a second. You and I have the greatest thing that we've ever found in our lives, and that's Jesus. All that he's done for us, the demonstration of love that he has laid out for us, the hope he's instilled in us, the new future that he has given us, He's transformed us, made us new creatures, forgiven us, given us entry into heaven, adoption into a spiritual family, and we tell no one why. Why? Because we're afraid. That little thing called fear, we're afraid. Oh, don't think I stand up here on the high and mighty looking down on you. I feel it too. We're afraid of their opinions. We're afraid of saying something to them. Oh, we'll do it. We'll say something on Facebook because we can ignore their comments and not turn off all the notifications. But to have a genuine conversation with somebody about Jesus, we're afraid. We're afraid of, the, of what they'll say. We're, we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid they won't like us. 
We're afraid they'll unfriend us. We're afraid they'll make fun of us. We're afraid. Some of us need to look no further for the edge of our comfort zone than that. Telling people about Jesus. But do you understand that in the dead life, fear is like not a thing? It's, it's just not a thing. If you've ever watched The Walking Dead, none of those resurrected characters ever have a concern for their lives or their safety or their health. They, they just go. A walking dead man doesn't fear a gun or a sword or an opinion. They just don't. They have no fear of men because dead men aren't afraid of anything. They're already dead. And this relationship we have with Christ is called we've died to ourselves. If we are dead men, what are we afraid of? In Luke 9, Jesus specifically invites us to come and take up our cross and follow him. A man carrying a cross is a dead man walking. They've already been condemned to death. <laughs> you were going to walk that path, and you were going to be crucified at the end of it. But Jesus says, come on. Come follow me and pick up a cross. But we don't want that. We want comfort. And the cross is totally the opposite of comfort. We say comfort Comfort says to spoil yourself, but Jesus says deny yourself. Comfort says to sit back, chill, relax, have a drink. But Jesus says get up, follow me, and pick up your cross. Let's go. It's completely contrary. As we read along in Luke 9, we find a man who wants to follow Jesus. And he says in, in chapter 9, verse 57, he says, As they were walking along, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Follow him wherever he may go. Sorry, that just popped in my head. I need like a choir behind me, you know? I can't pull it off. And Jesus replied, and by the way, just so you know, this wherever you will go, this guy assumed that Jesus had a destination that he would like to go to. He assumed that he was going someplace. He was, after all, the Messiah, the one who would save the Jews. He said, wherever you go, there's no limits. And Jesus said, okay, this is how he responds. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, he's saying, you know, the place that I'm going to is not in the land of comfort. I hope you're not attached to pillows because where I'm going, there's no pillows. It's not the Ritz-Carlton. There's not even a bed for me. I don't even have a home. And when we find that this guy reached the end of his comfort zone because he was attached to those things, he didn't follow Jesus. My kids do this to me all the time. I'll invite them to come along with me. Where are we going, Dad? I won't tell them. What are we going to do? Won't tell them. Why are we going there? Won't tell them. They know that they run a risk. We could either be going someplace awesome, Dad just wants to bless us and do something fun with us, or he's taking us to do some work. But then Dad will bless us if we keep our attitudes right. So recently I, I did that. I said, boys, get your shoes on. You're going with me. Where are we going? Not telling you. Why are we going? Not telling you. Are we going to meet someone? Yep. Who are we going to meet? Nobody you know. Oh, okay. So we went and we helped a, a new friend move several hours. But at the end of that time, my boys found their blessing because I drove them down to Roosevelt's and got them anything they wanted out of the, out of the pastry counter and 
gave them coffee to caffeinate them up for your evening. And they found a blessing because they were willing to go without kicking and screaming out of their comfort zones. They didn't know what it was going to mean. They didn't know what it was going to be like. They didn't know what we were going to do, but they knew the answer was going to be yes because they know that I desire to bless them. Jesus does this to us. He constantly calls us outside of our comfort zone, and he asks us to trust that no matter what it means, that there's a blessing in it. Today, some of you say, well, I'm not sure where my comfort zone is. Let me just identify a couple for you. Some of you, it could just be at home. Maybe it's outside of your comfort zone to confess your sins against one of your family members. Maybe it's outside of your comfort zone to ask them for forgiveness and humble yourself in doing so. Maybe it's outside of your forgiveness to submit yourselves to each other as a husband and wife. Maybe it's outside of your comfort zone to lead by example because you're ashamed of all the mistakes that you've made in your past. Maybe that's not your zone. Maybe your zone is your neighborhood. Just talking to your neighbors is a challenge for you. It frightens you. It scares you. And I don't even mean about Jesus. I mean about going and saying, hey, how are you? It's nice to meet you. My name's. Maybe your comfort zone is school. When you go to school, carrying your Bible with you, praying over your lunch, maybe sitting with that kid who nobody else wants to sit with. You're afraid that if you do, that you're going to be labeled as the religious nut, and you don't want that reputation, so you're scared. Or maybe... (laughs) Maybe your comfort zone is work. Maybe it's a hostile environment where they, they're, they're a bunch of atheists and they know that you're a Christian and they're like, don't preach at me. I've been there. I've been in one of those environments. I'm happy to say that I was in one of those environments and I'm just going to testify for a second. Just before I came here, I was working at a place. And I told them, I'm coming in and I'm going to launch a church in a few months. But I would love to work here until I do. And I was blessed. They said, Yes. And I worked with a bunch of guys who are a bunch of atheists and agnostics. And you know how I love them? Because they said, don't preach at me. They called me preacher. Don't preach at me, preacher. I said, I wouldn't. I just promised to love them. And I did. And the way that I loved them was being kind to them, had lunch with them, spent time with them. Some of them went through brokenness and lost family members. I prayed with them over the phone, hugged them as they cried. And then I'd walk up and down those halls. When I'd come in earlier, I'd stay late. And I'd just pray, Lord, give me opportunities to love these guys. I'd touch each one of their doors and maybe part of their desk. You say, that's super spiritual and goofy. It's all that I had. I left that place. And I'm happy to say that my buddy, uh, one of, one of our, our congregation members now works there. Got him a job. I said, hey, man there's a place right close by. You ought to apply there. I know the people because I left on good terms. They said, you can come back anytime you want to. So that's awesome. Thank you. I don't plan on coming back. I'm going to do this church thing and we're going to go with us. Okay. No plan B here. I don't need one of those. So I got him a job there and he's been working there and he texted me the other day. He said, Aaron, I just have to tell you. He said, I just had a two hour conversation with one of the guys that works here. It's all about Jesus. And guess what? I wasn't the right guy to reach those guys. Because Will, Will came from an atheistic background. He knows exactly how to reach them. And God positioned me to step out of my comfort zone and pray for these guys. Man, I get overwhelmed. Sorry. Woo. It's cool to watch stuff happen. 
when you spend time walking up and down the hallways praying, when just one turns their life, you rejoice. He said, I just gotta share this with you. I spent two hours telling them about Jesus. I'm thankful for Will and I'm thankful for that. You can do it. God has put you where you're at in that hostile environment for a reason. Maybe it's not hostile. Maybe you're just afraid to share. What's the worst that could happen? You'd lose your job? Jesus said when you are persecuted, when you are made fun of, if you lose your job, you are blessed. You are blessed. In the 1800s, there were these missionaries. They were one-way missionaries, and they knew it. They had no plan B. They were going to the mission field to die on the mission field. And when they left the United States, they packed their belongings, not in suitcases. They packed their belongings in coffins because they knew they were going to go there and they were going to die there. So morbid. But what an incredible realization that they were walking dead men. There was one particular one-way missionary. His name was A.W. Milne. And he went off to a tribe of people that were headhunters. And he knew that every missionary that had gone before him was killed by those very people. A.W. Milne spent 35 years among those people. And when he died, they buried him in the center of their village. And his epitaph on his tombstone said this, when he came, there was no light. But when he left, there was no darkness. You see, I don't know when it happened. I'm not sure when we decided that we could follow Jesus and play it safe and be comfortable. Maybe it's the church's fault. Maybe it's my fault. But somewhere along the way, we started to think that we could live for Jesus and remain inside of our comfort zones and still be blessed. That is not what Jesus has called us to. And, and I blame, I maybe blame us. I blame the church because I want you to be comfortable. I don't have hard metal seats in here. I have comfy chairs. I have, we have a cafe with coffee and, and things and snacks that you can eat. We want you in comfortable environments and maybe all this desire. We don't want the service to go too long. And this desire to have you be comfortable has maybe trained you that following Jesus is comfortable and it's just not. It's just not. There's nothing comfortable within the context of this church. There's nothing comfortable about stepping out of your comfort zone and attending a grow group, going for the first time. You don't know anybody. That's uncomfortable, let alone leading a group. You say, well, I don't have all the answers. How can I stand in front of them? I don't know the whole Bible. I can't tell them how to fix themselves. You don't have to. If God's calling you to step out, then step out. It's uncomfortable get lifting our hands in worship because we worry about what somebody around us is going to think of us. It's uncomfortable tithing. It's uncomfortable giving because, well, that costs us something. It's uncomfortable serving because, well, that's going to cost me some of my time. I'm, I'd rather just come and sit. But the greatest blessing is always on the outside, on the other side of our comfort zones. We need to step out. And if you're not ready, you need to pray for the faith to step out or you can just be like me just jump just jump and on the way down you can say I don't want to do this that's fine just jump you can stay in your comfort zone but you can't follow Jesus or or 
You could follow Jesus with complete abandonment and do what one pastor and author called it, adventuring with Jesus. You can end your life with an incredible amount of stories of following Jesus, of stepping outside of your comfort zone because Jesus will do this to you over and over and over again. He will ask you to follow him and it will have to be a yes in order for you to experience his blessing. His blessing is a full and fulfilled life. That's what it is. May not always be easy, but you'll be with him. You'll be with him. Today, as I close, there's a couple ways that you can participate. Some of you, God may be speaking to you about how you can engage. Maybe there's a comfort zone he's identified. You know what? You want us to pray for you. You can write that down on the connection card. Say, hey, I need to step out of my comfort zone in this way. And we'll pray that you have the faith to step out. Maybe, maybe one of the other ways that you need to do it, you know, I'm just going to put my finger on one thing. Maybe you've chosen to follow Jesus, but you haven't chosen to take the very first step that he asks you to take as a Christ follower, and that's to get baptized. You say, well, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting on the right moment. I'm not sure that I'm ready. Well, let me tell you something. It's time to jump. Next Sunday, we're going to do baptisms right here in this auditorium after second service. You want to be baptized, fill out the connection card, mark on the back, I want to be baptized. We'll get you signed up. It's a simple way to do it. Others of you, I'm going to tell you this. I've got these little envelopes here at the back of the, back of the room on your way out today. I'm going to ask you to grab one. Because inside of there are some challenges for you to step out of your comfort zone. It's just one. It'll last you maybe about a week to do them. Not constant. But I'm gonna, it's going to challenge you to do something that I know you're not going to enjoy. So, well, Aaron, how can I commit to taking it and doing it if I don't know what it is? I know, that's the point. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? So grab one on your way out today. You can participate that way. And others of you, you can just participate now as we pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how uncomfortable it makes us. Because I know that on the other side of, or on the outside of our comfort zones, there is your full blessing. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for calling us gently. But thank you for making that call very, very clear. Lord, I, I pray for our hearts that we would respond now to you, Lord. As we pray, I'm, I'm just going to keep your head down and your eyes closed. I want to just ask you, if God is calling you to step out of your comfort zone in one way or in another, and you want prayer for the faith to do so and the courage to do it, may, I, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you're not hearing God at all. You're not, you're, you're like, you know, I, I don't even have ears to hear his voice because if he's asking me to do something, I'm just not hearing him. So will you open my ears? so that I can hear him to say yes. If that's you and you're here, you say, Aaron, I'm already a Christ follower, but I, I need to take this step or I need to hear. Would you pray for me if that's you? Would you just shoot your hand up now and say, that's me? Yeah, there's hands all over this room. That's awesome. That's awesome. Father, I thank you for uh, honest hearts. I pray, God, that you would give them the faith that is needed, Lord, to take these steps. God, to just jump, to go all in for you and follow you completely out of their comfort zone. And Lord, I pray for those whose ears have been closed. Lord, maybe... Their minds and their lives are too cluttered by things and cares and worries. Lord, I pray that you would clear all of that up. You would give them ears that are open to hear your voice so that they may have the, and, and that they may have the faith that it takes to respond and step out. 
as we continue to pray, there are those of you here that I've already said, you know, following Jesus is a series of yeses, but you've not said your first yes. Your first yes is to say, yes, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to I want to receive him as Lord of my life. And right now, I'm going to pray a prayer that if you want to be counted in on it, let me tell you what that means. When you say yes to him, you're saying, <coughs> you're saying no to the devil and his plan of destruction for your life. Saying yes to him means saying yes to heaven and no to hell. Saying yes means that you're saying yes to a life outside of your comfort zone. Following him means you won't always be on secure ground but it means you'll be with him, the one who loved you so much that he gave his very life for you, the one who paid the price so that you could have eternal life, the one who is the lover of your soul. You can be with him if you say yes today. I know it's not comfortable. You may be considering what you're leaving behind, friends, experiences, familiarity, but I promise you that what Jesus offers is greater than all of these things. Take the leap today. Trust in Jesus. Make him Lord of your life. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to be counted on that prayer, would you say, Aaron, that's me. Would you just raise your hand right now? Be bold. Take the leap. Say, that's me. Yeah. I'm going to pray this prayer, and all you need to do is pray with me. Just join in. You can pray out loud or pray in your heart, but you just need to mean it. If you're watching my Periscope live today or listening to my podcast, I believe God will meet you right where you're at if you'll just pray. Jesus. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you came to this earth, that you lived a perfect and sinless life, that you died upon that cross and rose three days later, all in a demonstration of love for me. You did it so I could be forgiven, so forgive me, Jesus. You did it so I could be made brand new, so make me new, Jesus. Give me your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to live for you, and I'll spend every day doing that. I give you my life in exchange for yours. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.